everybody. This is Bill Cameron from The Drive. Podcasts of The Drive are presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, now hiring for great-paying skilled trade positions. Call 334-209-6355 to learn more. Thanks for listening. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. And on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It is the Friday edition of The Drive and a beautiful Friday, a breezy Friday afternoon and the start of what appears to be a beautiful Memorial Day weekend. Hope everybody, you know, has uh, has a safe weekend, whatever your plans are. Hope they go well. Um, looking at uh, looking at reports, it looks like this is going to be one of the most heavily traveled holidays since COVID. Uh, and folks not uh, apparently not terribly concerned about the price of gas. So if you're, if you're headed somewhere, um, yeah, just be prepared for that. But hopefully everybody does well. Uh, so, so uh, yes, looks like a gorgeous Memorial Day weekend. Temperatures not terribly high not going to be in the uh in in the 90s as it is many memorial days so uh, so again hopefully everybody does well we're here for the final show before memorial day and uh the final show until after memorial day because we will not be on the air on monday uh bill Dan, how you doing, man? I'm doing all right, Bill. Have we have we already taken care of some of the business? I was chatting. With, no, no, uh, no, not really. I was chatting with the no, GM. I was, I was just lobbying uh, for more days off. I was just uh, well, well, we do, we do. Uh, we're here more than more than uh, the the norm, I would think. But anyway, uh, I think I negotiated something for us later in the summer. Okay, I'll tell you about it during the break. Well, that's good. That's good. Um, no, no, I mean, I was just talking about. Uh, uh, the the Memorial Day weekend and and uh, it looks like it's going to be a gorgeous one. Yeah, I hope I hope folks have a a healthy and safe. You know, it's it's weird. I know there's a debate about uh, using a happy along with uh, with Memorial Day. You know, I think you know it's a it's more of an you know it's well, a uh, it's a it's a day of remembrance right. or a you know sort of a solemn day. I would say that but a safe the, uh, and an enjoyable weekend. But but the but the weekend itself has right. also become attached to sort of the unofficial it's start. The, that's right, start of summer. The unofficial start of the summer, and you have graduation tonight. Uh, you know, I want to congratulate what all the Auburn High graduates oh, are celebrating in, in, tonight yeah, and their families. Yeah, including Brian Matthews' youngest. And that's one thing when we were talking about not being able to have Brian on Monday because of the press conference, and then uh, hoping we could have him today. Uh, I'd forgotten to take into account the the weather delayed graduation. So I think uh, we we may check in with Brian. I think for, I remember. I think I remember Brian's youngest as a baby. Like I think that now tracks right. with how long we've known uh, Brian Matthews. So yeah, congratulations to uh, to the Matthews family on on the on the on the event tonight and everyone else who's uh, uh, getting to uh, to celebrate graduation. And yeah, and and, and yeah, have a a healthy and safe. I, I still say a, a happy Memorial Day weekend, you know, you know, but, but also, you know, maybe remember 
on uh, on Monday try, try to uh, uh, you know to to take a moment or two to uh, remember the, uh, the the reason for 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 this particular holiday as well. And uh, we're here as usual in the Wow Business Studio. That's right. Get the speed you need with super fast business internet when you switch to Wow. You can visit wowforbusiness.com to find out more. Hour number one of the drive brought to you by our friends at Kia of Auburn on South College and KiaofAuburn.com. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one, and also the sponsor of our hotline, where we welcome your calls, questions, comments, and the number to get you through is 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840, on the drive text box presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. And uh, speaking of the weather, I mean, beautiful weather up in the Birmingham area for the SEC tournament, and they are progressing, and it's, and they're going to be able to get everything in. They're going to be able to have the championship unless there's some other uh, unforeseen something that holds things up because here's the way it is. I when When looking at the SEC release, it appeared there were four games already scheduled for today, there were only two games that had been on the schedule for today, so they can catch up two games today. There were two games scheduled for tomorrow. They will catch up those other two games tomorrow. So here's, here's what's going on in the SEC baseball tournament. Uh, it, it got started this morning. Uh, well, first of all, let's, let's uh, let you know what happened yesterday after we went off the air. Um, uh, Texas A&M, we had seen run ruled. Florida and Tennessee nearly did the same to Vandy, beating Vandy 10-1. Uh, and then last night, LSU beat Kentucky 11-6. So that knocked Vandy and Kentucky into the losers' brackets. So today, it was elimination games uh, early on. And in the first one, Florida eliminated Arkansas 7-5. And Arkansas may not be a, they may not be a regional host. You know, it seemed like when you, when you look at the standings, you would think Arkansas is a surefire regional host because they won the Western Division. But their RPI is not in the top 32. I mean, Arkansas and Auburn both feel like teams in the conversation now. Yeah, right? well, and, Auburn's and, got a much higher RPI, a much right. higher RPI than Arkansas. But their, their non-conference schedule was terrible. You know, the, the way we've always sort of discussed super regional sites and regional sites, you have, uh, you, you have more teams than spots, generally, right? Like, you have a lot of teams that, that would like to make a case. They're sure. one of the top eight teams and belong as a super regional host. You have more than 16 teams that say, you know, they have a legitimate case to be one of the regional hosts. And Auburn and Arkansas, Auburn, Arkansas seemed like they were maybe more of, you know, it, it was more of a sure thing a few a few series ago, even after the Auburn series, well, uh, when they were appeared to be running right. away with the Western Division, it it sure surely seems so. Well, now, what do you think? The, where do you think the SEC stands as far as super regional sites and regional sites? Regional right now? sites. Well, I mean, you had to guess. they they will they will announce Monday at eleven o'clock the the eight national seeds, and those are teams that will host regionals, and if they win their regionals, will host super regionals. Uh, Tennessee, regardless of what happens from this point on, is going to be a national seed. That is the only guarantee of an SEC school. 
The only other, get this now, the only other SEC team in the top 12 nationally in RPI is Vandy. And Vandy was the eighth seed in the SEC. Wasn't Georgia really high in RPI? Georgia was was higher than Georgia. Arkansas. Right. Um, Georgia is number 16. Uh, Auburn is 13. All right, so Vandy is five. Excuse me, they were six after they lost to Tennessee last night. They still are number six. Um, so, and Vandy is 36 and 20. Auburn is the next highest Southeastern Conference school they are the they have the thirteenth RPI, which stayed the same after yesterday, and then Georgia is number sixteen. Texas A and M is eighteen and rising. You got to keep an eye on Texas A and M. Texas A and M, I think, is a team that looks. Uh, I think they're going to host a super regional. Uh, well, I think they're going to. I mean, I think they're going to be one of the top eight. Uh, I think in college, I, I think so. Well, that's why. Who do you think are you know you where their their RPI? Their RPI is not there, but no. but I've seen I've looked at a couple of different projections of you know from folks who have uh, track records of of figuring out what the committee's going to do. All of them seem to have Texas A and M as a top sixteen. A few oh, of they're them, definitely a top. 16. A few of them have Texas A and M as seven or eight, which would designate the. I'm assuming the, their their top eight are the super regional hosts. Yes, and and they've well, got they've yeah. got A and M as one of those. Tentative super regional right, exactly. Hosts. In yeah. fact, I'm, so so Teddy Cahill does Baseball America's postseason projections updated. This doesn't include today's results, but this is as of the results from last night. He's got Tennessee as the top overall seed. He's got A&M as the five seed. He's got those two as the only SEC. Uh, they, they would be the only two top eight SEC teams. Right. The only two SEC teams. The only teams two top, the, well, only two nas- national seeds. Exactly. He's got... Auburn as the number eleven overall seed and hosting a super regional that no, would hosting a regional hosting a regional that would include Georgia Southern and Georgia Tech. He's got LSU onto mm-hmm. the host line now, which is a, a development over the last few yeah, weeks. Yeah, L- so. LSU has played much better down the stretch. He's got LSU as the as uh, one of the last teams hosting a super regional, and he's got regional. A, a regional. Sorry, he's got Alabama. He's got he's got LSU as one of the last teams hosting a regional. Uh, the number fourteen. So he doesn't seed. have Arkansas. Even that's what I'm saying. Arkansas appears to be out as a regional host. Your SEC Western co-champs. He's got Arkansas as the two seed in the Charlottesville, Virginia regional hosted by uh, UVA. He's got Florida as the two seed in the Coral Gables region hosted by the U. He's got Vanderbilt in the Louisville region hosted by Louisville. He's got Ole Miss in the uh, in the regional in Hattiesburg hosted by hmm. Southern Miss. He's got Alabama as one of the last four teams in the field, uh, and they are in the – he's got Alabama in Blacksburg, Virginia as the three seed in Virginia Tech's regional, and he's got Georgia as the two seed in Stanford. Well, Uh, I'll tell you what, things will change if this ball game that's going on right now holds up. There's no way Kentucky doesn't get in – if they knock off Andy. So he's got uh, UTSA, San Diego, West Virginia, and Alabama as the last four in the draw. He's got Kentucky as the number 70 team in the field right now. They, they've got four teams they would need to jump. Right. Five, five teams they would need to jump to take over the number 64 spot. Uh, but a win over Vanderbilt 
would set them that's, up to, and that's a chance. I went, to, I went over a top ten RPI team. That's a two seed in, in their draw yes. right now. Yeah. Yes. Uh, would would go a long way. I if, think, I'm UT, if I'm UT, if I'm UTSA, if I'm UTSA or San Diego from one of the last yeah, you, two or three you better, teams in, you, you better be pulling for a Vandy uh, comeback. You're rooting for the doors right now. And look at the score, Bill. Yeah, yeah it's five two. No, oh, it's, it's not. not eight. Oh wow, it was five two when I looked down. It's now eight to two, and, Kentucky. And they're still threatening. Yeah, this would eliminate Vandy and would move Kentucky on Florida. By eliminating Arkansas, we'll play the loser of the next ball game coming up tonight. That is Alabama and Texas A&M. So the loser there takes on Florida. The winner of this Vandy-Kentucky game, which appears to be Kentucky, at least with a six-run lead in the seventh inning, Kentucky would take on the loser of the LSU-Tennessee game. And, and there, if Kentucky, if Kentucky were to win one more, beat either LSU or Tennessee – um, th- then I think Kentucky's definitely in. But they're anyway, not, they're not done. No, no, they're not. But uh, so tomorrow you'll have uh, two elimination games, and then the winners of the elimination games will turn around and play again. So the winner of the elimination games play. And now here's the quirk of this double elimination tournament. It becomes single elimination on Saturday. So, Alabama and Texas A&M, LSU, Tennessee, they're unbeaten right now. If they win, they play tomorrow afternoon. They normally would have gotten a day off. See, that's where what they used to do is they'd reward you with a day off. But on Saturday, the team that comes out of the loser's bracket, take the two teams that come out of the loser's bracket Mm – play the two unbeaten teams, but it is a single elimination. So even even if you have a loss, um, one win gets you to the championship on Sunday. Baseball America's got Louisville as uh, one of the top eight seeds in their field right now. You have to imagine. You don't want to project too much, but if Kentucky were to sneak into the draw – that might be oh, that'd be a very attractive matchup. Well, that's also they where, love to do that. Yeah, they they love to keep. I mean, Auburn. Um, I mean, Auburn would be. I mean, they they like to give. For the most part, it, it makes sense that that this would this would follow that two seeds, for the most part, get some geographic uh, benefit. You know, they try to they they try not to send two seeds too far away from campus if they can help it. Now, sometimes they can't help it. Maybe the only maybe the only one seeds within the region. Are from where the, they have those schools that you were talking about, UTSA and the other school. Where they have? Oh, the, oh, the last the last few teams in they they uh-huh. have so they have UTSA as the three seed in Austin, which would indicate that you know maybe they'll they'll cut folks a little bit of a break. They had Alabama going to Blacksburg, which I mean, you know most of the most of the regions in the southeast already had a one seed or a two seed from the SEC, right? So that sort of limits where you could uh, send Alabama. Uh, but they had uh, Alabama going to Blacksburg, West Virginia in Louisville as the three seed. Most of the four seeds are small conference. Automatic. Yeah, the, an SEC school that gets in is not going to be a four seed. They're going to be a three seed. Be a three. I mean, the, the last, the last four teams in is at large are going to be three seed or going to be three seeds because uh, the four seeds for the most part are uh, small conference mm-hmm. automatic qualifiers. Right. Uh, but uh, no, I mean you could see, and, and if you have a three, a three seed from the SEC uh, that's picked up steam and played their way in of late, like Kentucky. That's a that's a scary uh, proposition uh, for, uh, for for a team like uh, uh, for whoever else might be uh, in that regional. But yeah, noticing that Louisville uh, was projected to host a super regional, uh, that that's it's a, a safe place to project Kentucky if they were to uh, make the uh, the tournament. All right, so uh, so yeah, we'll keep an eye on that. And uh, again, 
uh, look at the possible matchups of the SEC Regional. Just getting underway here on the Friday edition of The Drive. Love for you to join in. Anything on your mind here on this Friday of Memorial Day weekend with The Drive. The doctor will see you. The, the folks that, that uh, put a lot of emphasis on what have you done lately. Um, anything you want to talk about sports-wise, you were asking me, and I had not seen the story. I, I, I was uh, I was at the house trying to get prepped for the for the return of Husky. Hopefully, hopefully Husky's uh, ready to get some work done because the yard's getting a little shaky. But uh, but but Hubert Hubert's over doing doing some serious work trying to uh, uh, make make sure that his boundary is 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 uh, is working. So I wasn't. You know, I was. Oh, shout out the full brand. Has, has it been? It's been a long time. Yeah, TPE man, the the, the great folks in uh, over in Tallahassee. I miss them here locally, but they still do business with a lot of folks here in town. And of course, Husky is the Husky is the Husqvarna automower. Which yeah, I mean this thing is this thing's real cool and and it's, it's oh man uh, it's like it's like a Roomba for the yard yeah and it's and it it's does like a Roomba for, and it has the only problem is there's all right so it 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 has like uh like the the invisible fence like that a dog has I mean it's got a a buried what line like a radar sort of yeah deal, well right? it's yeah. got a buried boundary line and it maps out the whole area in between so it knows where it's cut and everything. Um, but if there is a break in the line or something, then it doesn't. It, it's like know, a Thin it, Lizzy song, right? It'll, it'll give you, yeah, it'll give you the notice that hey, there's there's a problem with the with the boundary. Jailbreak. So, yes. Yeah. So that's that's the problem right now is finding where is that. And he's got this cool thing. Uh, Hubert's got this cool thing. He's walking around my. If you drive in my neighborhood, the reason I knew he was there. All right. So I'd been I've been working in the yard, uh, edging. And uh, trimming and and blowing the drive and everything and I and I decided to hit the pool for a little bit so I'm in the pool and I hear beep 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 beep, beep. and I'm thinking is that my phone is there an alarm going off what's going on I get out and I walk up and I see um, aquatic mine in the pool maybe you know you're getting a little well, too close I was to a it. little concerned I didn't know what it was because it sounded like it was coming from my yard you know uh, and it was in the front yard um, there's 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 Hubert the the owner of of Tallahassee. Uh, power equipment, uh, walking around, and it's he's dangling. Uh, looked like a microphone, and it's it it probably is sort of a microphone. It's like a little Geiger counter microphone thing, walking around trying to you know follow the line. So so that's where I left them a little earlier. So that all led into you know I I, I was just sort of keeping up with the scores. I hadn't seen some other things. I do know that uh, that it's a uh, as Jason Caldwell was telling us yesterday, it is a uh, weekend where Auburn will have an official visitor in town, Raquizi McIlderry. Now, again, I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce it. Love it. Uh, I'll take it. Big Big Lyman is uh, is is in town. Big Mac. And and uh, you know Brian Harson, as we said yesterday, has has told a couple of folks uh, and the media and gatherings. That Auburn could be in the market for a couple of more players. So you you were telling me. Uh, so I want to give. I think Jeffrey Lee gets first credit on this one, as far as somebody making the connection to Auburn. Oh yeah. Uh, well, with, I, I was just going to run down. I mean, you were saying that that Nathan King at twenty four seven, where of course Jason is as well, 
had a list of some receivers that Auburn could be interested in. Right, and a, and a couple of them we've talked about on the show, including Ryan Peppins, who's mentioned. And Nathan does, Nathan does great work, as right. does everybody over one, at Inside the Auburn Tigers. One, but there's a name on Nathan's list that's picked up some steam from other places, well, it's, too. Well, it's, it's a name I saw a few days ago, but I didn't know anything about a connection, and that's uh, Charlie Jones from Iowa. Right, and yesterday uh wrote a story, uh, Auburn uh, – and Iowa transfer Charlie Jones have mutual interests. So Charlie Jones is a first-team All-Big Ten selection as a returner. Yeah, he's a good receiver and, and an outstanding kick returner. Right, and so Charlie Jones entered the portal uh, just uh, just Wednesday. Not long ago, yeah. yeah. Just, just on Wednesday. Uh, he's got one year of eligibility remaining. Uh, he started uh, his football career. Well, if he entered the portal Wednesday, is he, a, he, he must is, be a grad He's transfer. a graduate transfer with That's one year of we eligibility remaining. we were talking remaining. yesterday that, you know, don't be as concerned if a player is a graduate. Once he graduates, he can transfer and be eligible immediately. So that's where Charlie Jones would fit in. So he's a six foot, one hundred and eighty-eight pound receiver, originally from Deerfield, Illinois, who started his college career at Buffalo. He uh, joined Iowa in the. Uh, let's see here. He 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 played one. He redshirted at Buffalo in twenty seventeen. Uh, was a wide receiver and returner for Buffalo on their 10-win season in 2018. Caught 18 passes at uh, 15 kick returns in 2018 as a redshirt freshman. Left for Iowa after the season, sat out 2019, and then for 2020 uh, and uh, and the well 2020, 2021, and 2022, he's he's seen action. He saw action as a uh, as a receiver and a uh, and and a return specialist. Uh, was uh, yeah won some uh, won some awards for his work. As a returner in 2021, uh, including uh, you know first team All Big Ten as a, as a kick return specialist, and then was uh, uh, is, is using the extra year of eligibility uh, for the 2022 season. And yeah, he's a sixth year senior. And the connection to Buffalo is an interesting one because yeah, I had not thought of this. Rock Bellantoni, Auburn's special teams coach and uh, linebackers coach, uh, is was the was on the staff at the uh, at the University of Buffalo in 2018 and so uh, there's a uh, there's a pre-existing connection between charlie jones from his first uh, stint in college football at buffalo and rock bellantoni uh, who was i want to make sure i got the uh, the years right on uh, rock's uh, stint at buffalo so he was there in 2017 as the director of player personnel and in 2018 charlie jones is one season at buffalo uh, rock bellantoni was the special teams coordinator hmm. and defensive ends coach so apparently Auburn reached out immediately after, this is according to Jeffrey Lee's report, Auburn reached out immediately after Charlie Jones entered the portal. Don't be surprised if maybe Auburn is, uh, uh, is, is uh, you know, going, uh, going heavy after the Iowa wide receiver who is now in the portal with a connection uh, to a, a veteran receiver with one, with one year left of eligibility uh, who's a, a big return threat who could maybe provide a spark offensively too. Yeah, now a couple of other schools have been mentioned with him. Notre Dame is uh, very much looking for a couple of receivers as well. And uh, I've seen uh, Purdue mention. Yeah, the, the, Iowa, the Iowa rivals guy predicted Purdue uh, when he was mm -hmm. asked where he thought uh, Charlie Jones may end up uh, immediately after Jones entered the where portal. Where is he so from? Deerfield, Illinois was, okay. was his original. So, right. he's from, so he's from he's from Big Ten, uh, from, from, from the Big Ten area and played in the Big Ten this past year. Well, so. and, and Notre Dame is probably the biggest team yes. in the Chicago, in the general oh, Chicago yes. area. Uh, and so Ohio State would, would make an argument they're, they're on that list too. But uh, Notre Dame has a big, a big footprint in Chicago. And so it would make sense that a, uh, 
a, a you know a kid from the, the greater Chicago area uh, looking to a looking to play somewhere his last. Well, but look, it would make sense for anybody looking to play one more year of college football to consider Notre Dame if it's an option. But I mean, that's not so to if, say if Auburn, if Auburn gets him. Uh, I don't want to hear any of the well, you know. Auburn can't get anybody that, that anybody else wants. Oh, no, I think this would be a nice pull. I, I think I mean, for we'll whoever – I mean, we'll, we'll see what ends up happening with Charlie Jones, but I think for whoever gets him, uh, it's going to be a, a, a nice get. And uh, it does seem like from, uh, from reports, uh, not, just, uh, not just Nathan, but, but Jeffrey as well, having a, a piece about how, uh, yeah, apparently uh, Auburn, is, uh, Auburn is very serious about the, uh, about the possibility of, of adding uh, Charlie Jones to the mix. Oh, there's no question. I mean, I, I had seen a couple of days ago that Auburn was interested, but I, I had not made that connection, so – yeah, kudos to uh, to Jeffrey and for, uh, for for bringing that up. Well, no, and, and apparently so, someone's spoken to him too, and, and got got uh, you know talked to to Charlie about uh, about you know the, the the interest, the mutual interest between uh, mm-hmm. uh, between uh, Auburn and the uh, and, and the players. So that's it's something to see. I mean, he hasn't it, it's, his contributions have been more on special teams in his college career. He probably uh, yeah. Well, the thing is, maybe he'd like the opportunity, and and uh, the the opportunity is there here. Um, because Auburn doesn't have a lot of proven commodities at wide receiver, and you've seen you've seen players who start their careers as special teams big play threats become big play threats as running backs or wide receivers too. And I think that's something Auburn would love to add is a uh, is, is a big play threat in the passing game. All right, we'll get to our bottom of the hour break, and we'll run down the other some of the other receivers that Auburn is he's from, uh, he's is from, interested in. He's from Illinois. It's, it's a country singer name though. Isn't it? I mean, that, that is Charlie Jones, yeah. All right, stick with us. We're just a quarter of the way in here on the Friday Drive. And with Drew at the controls here in the Wild Business Studio, uh, taking your calls, questions, comments. We were talking uh, possible additions from the transfer portal, uh, primarily receiver. And uh, we talked about Charlie Jones, the, uh, the Iowa grad transfer. Um, Another player that, that we've talked about, and, and I think Dan may have been the first one to even talk about him when he, when he noticed that Ryan Peppins, Mr. Football in the state of Alabama last year, who had signed uh, and was an early enrollee at Utah, uh, entered the transfer portal. And, and he definitely is someone that Auburn has been in contact with. Auburn's had success with some players who were from the state, left, went a long way from home, getting them back closer. I mean, no. So, so Ryan Peppins was a uh, yeah. So it was it's a sort of an interesting case. A, a player who enrolled in at Utah uh, after committing uh, to the Utes during the 2021 season. I think before the 2021 season, uh, uh, Ryan uh, committed uh, to Utah. Had a great season in 2021. Like you said, was was uh, crowned Mister Football. Also in the 2020 uh, championship game uh, between Auburn and Thompson, the fateful uh, mm-hmm. game with the uh, with with the remarkable comeback. Uh, he had over 100 yards and a touchdown in that game as well. So some, uh, I mean, that, that, that was a game that made an impression on uh, quite a few folks who were watching the state championship game when Ryan Peppins was a junior. But he'd already committed to Utah. Uh, he, he committed to Utah fairly early. I yeah, think. early in the process, committed to Utah, w- enrolled at Utah in January. Went, went through spring practice. Went through spring practice shortly after the end of spring practice, decided to go into the portal. My understanding is he's back home in Alabama mm-hmm. as he decides his next move. There's been no update on where he's uh, going to go, but uh, that's somebody who I don't think it would be too surprising to see him uh, back in the, uh, to, to see him closer to home in the SEC. And, and something to remember about Auburn is that Ike Hilliard wasn't 
uh, right. what wasn't recruiting for Auburn or making decisions for Auburn at wide receiver uh, when Ryan Peppins was a recruit. So yeah, it's something to uh, something to watch for. And yeah, I don't know if he's a uh, you know I don't know if he's necessarily somebody who steps in and immediately becomes Auburn's number one wide receiver. But this is a player with a lot of eligibility left who showed a lot of ability as a high school player, and folks wouldn't be. Uh, uh, too shocked to see if he, if he uh, if he ended up at Auburn or maybe somewhere else in the uh, What do you got? Yeah, I mean, I'm seeing. I, I just just got uh, uh, just just see the headline from 15 minutes ago. Oh, Ryan right? Peppins commits to Grambling. Oh, he's going to Grambling. Okay, so so it is. He is going to stay closer to home. I had not seen, uh, and and I know Nathan had mentioned him on the list, but uh, but yeah, I, I figured he was going to end up. Uh, closer to home and uh and yeah congratulations to uh to ryan on, on picking a school you know there were some folks that were thinking maybe uh, uh m- maybe an sec school or uh, a a, a ma- major conference school in the southeast would be his choice but he's going uh, the hbcu route and choosing uh, a place with a lot of football tradition in their own right that is right uh, grambling state so that there so and take him off the list yeah take him take, him, take him off the list uh the the other guys that are on there probably well a couple of names that you may well have heard of. One was the first player to leave this LSU. Is, this is Nathan's list. Yeah, this, right, is, okay. this is Nathan, Nathan King had a list earlier today. Um, the first player to leave LSU when Ed Orgeron uh, was let go was Coy Moore, who was a, uh, uh, a four-star, I believe, yeah, from, the, uh, from Louisiana. Uh, had 22 receptions for 177 yards in 2020, and last year, um, had some injuries and only had five receptions. But uh, he's a guy, he's been in the portal for a while. Um, and uh, I thought, yeah, yeah, uh, Nathan writes that he had planned to visit Auburn in March, but uh, something happened. But uh, apparently Auburn, Auburn has still been in touch with Coy Moore. And, and then another guy who's, this has been an, uh, an odd thing over the last, couple of days has been the story about Javon Baker who was a four-star Alabama signee from the Atlanta area um, actually played a good bit early on at Alabama but then saw his playing time drop off he had uh, nine receptions for 116 yards and two touch uh, and, and a touchdown at Alabama and entered the portal in January and committed to Kentucky. And I mean, he has already been listed on the Kentucky depth chart, things like that. But a couple of days ago, I believe it was Wednesday, um, Kentucky updated their roster and he was no longer on it. And Javon Baker seemed to be a little surprised and told uh, he told the media i guess they decommitted me so it's like apparently kentucky for for whatever reason and we don't know is not going ahead with bringing in javon baker don't know what what reason that could be and he's just a name out there that i guess auburn is is at least checking into and the buzz around Kentucky social media is that Maryland could be a player uh, for Baker, which would make some sense in that you have an Alabama connection on the a uh, pretty strong Alabama connection on the Maryland uh, coaching staff and, and a and a quarterback. Yeah, and a quarterback who that, started there that yes. Baker may be familiar with as well. So I don't think it would be. Uh, I mean that that would be 
uh, a place. When Alabama transfers end up at Maryland, you understand, right? Offensively, mm-hmm. especially, uh, you, you understand why, why that would be. Uh, Kobe Baker is is sort of a curious. Uh, it's a curious case, uh, Bill. And uh, I mean, so so he he started at the Boston College. He's the the Boston College player who I believe uh, earlier in this se- in this uh, cycle uh, chose James Madison in the portal and has re-entered the portal this week and is not going to go to James Madison is going to go somewhere else. What is, I, I guess you can commit wherever you want as right. long as you don't, as long as you don't go enroll. He's got one year left of eligibility. Uh, this is another player who started his college career. So he started his college career in 2016, uh, was a redshirt freshman or redshirted in 16, uh, played for Boston college, 13 games, four starts at wide receiver and 17. So this, is, this will be his seventh year. 12 games, so listen to this experience. 2017, he's a redshirt freshman. 13 games, four starts at wide receiver. 2018, third year, 12 games, 11 starts at wide receiver. Uh, 2019, starts all 12 games. 2020, he's a, uh, he suffers a knee injury That's and misses, misses the whole season. Uh, in 2021, I'm trying to see if he, if he collected stats because this bio... Uh, doesn't include the, uh, the the 2021 season for him. Uh, I don't. I actually don't have his 2021 seasons on uh, on on. Well, maybe he's. I've got four games, one reception in the. Uh, in, in so so maybe he's still rehabbing the uh, the knee injury. And that would probably be it because most guys, even with COVID, would be a would would be maxed at six years. But if you have an injury which causes you to miss two years, you can usually get that injury year back too. Right. So he committed to James Madison, who is coached by the, uh, I believe the the head coach of James Madison has a connection. I think he's the brother of the, the brother of the head coach at Boston College, or the brother of the the offense coordinator at Boston College. But there's a there's a connection there. Uh, so when he can, when he committed to Boston, or when he committed from Boston College to James Madison earlier in the cycle, uh, it it was you know sort of sort of understood for for a variety of reasons. But this week. He re-entered the portal, and Nathan named him on the list of potential uh, Auburn targets. So maybe that's something to uh, to watch for. Kobe White, the uh, the experienced, very experienced wide receiver, yeah. uh, originally from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Five eleven, two hundred is uh, is the size of Kobe White. So uh, so yeah, I, I I mean, again, I would I would say so there's another. I guess he's another grad transfer. And another player who would be just adding, I think it would be one a one-year sort right. of addition to the wide receiver room as opposed to something where Auburn would be looking to commit a, a scholarship uh, for, for multiple years. Because maybe there are, uh, I mean, they, they, we saw Auburn recruit several high school wide receivers in this past cycle. Maybe that's still something they want to do and they don't want to. Oh, I, I've, I've seen somebody, I mean, it may have been Jason or, or Keith, uh, Keith Niebuhr, um, posted in the last couple of days that Auburn has offered 19 high school receivers it would make for s- 2023. It would make sense that Auburn doesn't want to take a transfer with multiple years of eligibility at that position unless they feel really good about that player. But a player with one year left who could provide a boost for the 2022 uh, wide receiver uh, group, I-, I think maybe Auburn would be a little bit more flexible about about what uh, what kind of player they would take in that situation if they thought the player could help immediately. Yeah, so I mean, I, I wouldn't say that Auburn appears to be you know the leader for any of these guys. These are just some some players that that Auburn has shown some interest in that the media has gotten wind of. How about Kobe White's career stats? We're talking thirty nine career games, 
97 career receptions, 1,434 yards. He averages right around 15 yards a catch, uh, 10 touchdowns, and uh, yeah. So so he's uh, and and that's over. That's mostly three the first three seasons of his career because the last two he's just had three. He's just had three games and one catch. Uh, his, his career was derailed uh, somewhat by the. Uh, uh, you know, by, by the knee injury before the 2020 season. Uh, but but the first three years of his career at Boston College, uh, he had right around 30 catches a, a season and, and had uh, uh, 450 or so yards uh, from scrimmage in all three of those So years. he's probably the most proven receiver of the bunch. Charlie Jones is the, uh, the, the guy who has been an all-conference performer as a kick returner. I would say Javon Baker is probably – was probably the most highly touted – coming out of high school because he was a four-star who was um, ranked right at the top 100 nationally. Right, and I, I believe um, I believe Jones missed the 2022 season. No, no, that's not right. Jones uh, missed the 2019 season. Uh, yeah, he's he, played the last two years, Yeah, right? Jones, Reg, Jones had to miss the, the, 2020, the 2019 season because he, uh, he, he transferred from Buffalo uh, to Iowa. But last year... Uh, in 14 games, uh, he Jones... Was, he was very healthy last year. No, Jones, and Jones had 21 catches for 323 yards. So he also, about 15 yards a catch, although that's in the Big Ten, not in the... Uh, uh, in, in the no, well, no. Well, that was the ACC no, uh, but, a couple years ago. Yeah, but, but, but he was, but he was um, by far the best kick returner in the Big Ten. Right. The last two seasons, he's, uh, he's had uh, right around 60 uh, kick returns uh, in, in 21 games. And... Uh, 25 punt returns for 600, or no, that's those are punt returns. Uh, 25 punt, uh, 25 kick returns for 635 yards and a touchdown last year. 25 or so yards per return. Right. As a punt returner, he's had 59 returns for 508 yards, right around nine yards yeah. per return. Get your first two down seasons. on every punt return. I mean, there's there's nothing wrong with and that. And there's and there's also the chance that he could contribute on offense. If oh yeah. Auburn, if Auburn, I'm sure he in. wants to be more than just a specialist. So, so we'll see. Keep think, an eye on those Auburn, guys. I think Auburn brings a receiver in. I think there's another oh, receiver. I, I really think Auburn's going to bring at least another receiver. I think there's another receiver coming in. And, and with, I don't know, the more, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's not like they're, they're bringing anyone in that everyone agrees of, is, a, is a game breaker or someone that changes everything offensively. But I think if you start to piece together uh, uh, players that can improve the passing game somewhat, you know, players that can provide a little something, the more of those you add, the more formidable the passing game gets, you know, the, the aggregate passing game sort of gets. And uh, that's something for whoever the Auburn quarterback is. If it's Calzada, you know, he's going to want as many weapons as possible uh, to give the ball to. Uh, and, and that's uh, a, a player like Charlie Jones or a, or a player like uh, uh, Kobe Baker or uh, the, I mean, these, these are, these are players that could, um, I mean, they, they could, they could provide something to the Auburn offense. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Bill and Dan with Drew at the controls here. We'll get to our final break when we come back. Um, we don't have Brian Matthews with us, but uh, I mentioned yesterday that he was uh, doing a story on Auburn's other signees and when they would be in town. We'll we'll get into that. He did post that earlier today. We'll talk about the other players, including two receivers from the uh, from their. Uh, 2022 class that are among the players that will be reporting this weekend. So stick with us here on the Friday Drive. 
Hey, I'm Ariana. A little thing I love about Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. And on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Friday afternoon. Bill and Dan with Drew at the controls here in the uh, Wow Business Studio. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we, we'd love for you to join in. Anything you want to talk about um, sports-wise, we were uh, uh, mentioning Brian Matthews. And I, I was checking to see if uh, Brian, you know, might be able to join us. But they're, they're having their, their pre-graduation meal yeah right now, again so. want to extend our congratulations yeah. not just to the matthews family although of course uh brian and company uh you know congratulations on the uh on, on the special event tonight but for everybody uh, who's uh, who's attending uh, and celebrating uh graduation functions uh, have a uh, have a wonderful weekend that's a congrat a real accomplishment congratulations oh no no question about it yes congratulations but brian um posted a story today about auburn signees as Auburn uh, gets close to having pretty full roster working out here this summer, as all but one of the signees who aren't already in school will be on campus Sunday, uh, coming in, coming in, and uh, moving in, and then they'll be going through orientation, and then they'll uh, um, be getting ready to to start the second summer term, which is about a month away, but. Uh, um, the players coming in, running back Damari Alston, who we've talked about, and and I think I think Auburn's planning on him seeing the field in some capacity I, this fall. You know, I just get the feeling, and we'll list we'll list the other guys too. I don't want to make too much of this about about Damari. But oh no, no. Get the feeling there's going to be a running back pretty disappointed at the at the bottom of this depth chart because you got talented guys. Well, and just, three though you you can you can you can use three. Right. Obviously, they're not all going to get the number of carries they want. There's five scholarship guys that I think imagine themselves as one of those three. You know Tank Bigsby's one of them. Sure. And then there's... Jarquez, if he's, if he's you know, back to full speed. Uh, Jordan Ingram would love to make a push to, be, to be in that in that mix. Sean Jackson was just put on mm-hmm. scholarship, so, you know, he'd, he'd love to have a larger role. That just That's an intriguing competition as far as who's... What, what running backs are genuinely in the rotation, part of the offense, and somebody that there's a game plan for, and who is, at least for the 2022 season, more of a uh, emergency or substitution uh, you know, a piece to, to start the year. Yeah, well, I mean, Tank's your, Tank's your guy. Tank's your starter. I don't think there's any question. If he's healthy, Tank's your guy. And then who's, who's the primary backup? That's, that's going to be the most interesting and, thing. And how, much, and how much is there for anyone other than Tank in the primary backup? Because usually not much in any offense, but this is a team that's going to want to run the ball, and there's going, to be, right. and there's going to be talent you know, on, on, of, those, I mean, of those other running backs. You know, if, if you are a primary running team and you can do it with some success, you can get 50 carries a game and not, you know, you, you would think 20. You would think 20 to your starter – or 40 to 50 carries a game, all right? 20 to your starter, that leaves 20 to 30. That's plenty for a couple of other guys. Right, and there are some people that would say if Tank Bigsby is a huge part of your offense, and you know, an indispensable part of your offense, maybe that number shouldn't be 20 a game because, you know, you can, you can be, it can hit 20 at times, but maybe you'd want Tank Bigsby's carries 
a little bit less than that and want to find I think if he's that important in, he needs to touch well, the in, ball 20 times in a game. your in your biggest in your biggest yeah, games there's no I doubt think about he pretty it pretty much needs to touch the ball on pace for 20 unless you've got the game it, one it does seem like you're you're seeing more restraint though with how much to use even your best running backs right in college football like there are there are games where a running back will I mean how will, many running backs did Georgia run this past year ooh they played. They played at least three. They played at least three. Yeah. yeah. I mean, no. Oh no. I, I mean, th- so so I don't see. I don't see a, a, a terrible problem if you're able to do it to be able to use three running. But that's yeah. That's and I'm not advocating for like don't give Tank Bigsby the ball or anything like that. But uh, you're 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 sort of making my point with Georgia that you're seeing teams more willing to spread the carries around with a stable yeah. of running backs and not just have a starter and a backup. And if you have the depth and the talent to do it. I think that makes a lot of sense because you're bringing in a fresh running back uh, who uh, is, is facing off against a defense that probably isn't substituting as much as you are at the running back position. And so you can, uh, you know, you, you, you can, uh, you can have the advantage at, at times. We've seen teams like Alabama and Georgia and I think Ole Miss last year did a good job of using their depth in, in the backfield uh, to have a lot of different uh, a lot of different uh, options at running back that could uh, that could hurt you. So yeah, I'm, I'm just really interested in the running back battle. We, we, we can go into some of the other guys. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about the rest of the players that are reporting and and what their roles could be. Again, we'd love for you to join in. Final hour coming up for the week here on the Friday Drive. ESPN 106.7, a broadcast service of Auburn Network Incorporated. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. And on Fox Sports Central Alabama at 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome into hour number two here on this nice-looking Friday afternoon, the start of the Memorial Day weekend. And a reminder, there will be no drive on Monday. So uh, we'll, we will be back on Tuesday. But we have one more hour here today on this uh, Friday. Bill, Dan, and Drew back in the WOW Business Studio. You can get the speed you need with super-fast business internet when you switch to WOW Visit wowforbusiness.com. Hour number two of The Drive, brought to you by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care, with locations in Auburn and Opelika. On the web at orthoclinic.com. And we welcome your calls, questions, comments on the Kia of Auburn hotline. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. And the number to get you through is 334 321 1390. You can also text the show 334-564-1840 on the drive text box presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. Um, hour number one, we, uh, we, we uh, updated you on the SEC baseball tournament, which is two games in now. We have um, the winners advancing from the, from the losers bracket and eliminated the teams eliminated now uh, are Arkansas and Vanderbilt. And I think a lot of folks would have been surprised that Arkansas is out in two games. Um, and 
And Vandy, after beating Ole Miss, uh, is out. Kentucky, a team that, Dan, you were saying um, one of the projections you saw did not have them in a regional, is making a strong statement now with wins over Auburn and now Vandy. And Kentucky will now have the opportunity to play the LSU-Tennessee loser tomorrow in another elimination game. So, I mean, I think they're making a strong statement to be in the field of 64. Oh, I think Tennessee and Alabama are both teams that came to Hoover with work to do, and it seems like maybe they've done enough. Uh, by or what, what did I say? Kentucky and Alabama? What did you I said say? Tennessee and Alabama. Oh, no, Tennessee. Tennessee has already Kentucky, done enough. Tennessee has done plenty of work. No, they were, they were talking about Tennessee a little bit there on the, uh, on the screen while they were uh, going over the uh, uh, A&M's victory as well. Uh, but... The Alabama, Kentucky and Alabama, Alabama very Kentucky. similar. I mean, they came in as the eleven and yes. twelve seeds. Those were the two teams that that you know had work to do to make the field. Uh, you know, of of the I guess South Carolina as well, but but South Carolina didn't really work out uh, for the uh, for the Gamecocks. But but for uh, Alabama and Kentucky, uh, they came to Hoover uh, needing things to go well. I think Alabama's already in. Maybe it's a little bit perilous. You know, if they were to lose, uh, if, if if they were to lose tonight and their next game. Um, maybe Alabama would be in jeopardy of of falling out of the of the tournament right now because I know they were just on you know they're still they're on the right side of the it, bubble. It may almost come down to Alabama or Kentucky who right. goes farther. Right. It seems like it seems like they're both at the moment. Alabama at the moment is on the right side of the bubble uh, with a couple of other teams. Uh, yeah. Let me let me let me warily watching Kentucky. Um, I mean, first of all, record wise, Alabama's thirty one and twenty five. Kentucky's thirty two and twenty five. Let's look at the RPI. The RPI uh, has Alabama number 41, and Kentucky was 52. So, yes, Kentucky has more work to do, uh, and they, of course, are in the loser's bracket. So Alabama knows they're going to play at least two more games. So, yeah, Kentucky still, both, still trying to get in. The, these are both teams that if they had lost in the single elimination round at the beginning of the tournament, they, they probably aren't in. Right. The, the SEC tournament would have been the end of their season. And by winning and continuing their success beyond uh, the single elimination round and continuing to advance, not only have they kept their, the possibility alive that they can win the automatic bid by winning the tournament outright, uh, but uh, they, they could, uh, maybe they've punched their ticket with the work they've done already. Alabama... You know, maybe they're still on the bubble. A win over A and M. Oh, if they beat A and M, I mean, I think they're probably in now. A win over A and M, I think, clinches it. And that's the next ball game is Alabama A and M, Alabama and Texas A and M at five thirty, and then uh, LSU and Tennessee. The Alabama Texas A and M winner will um, be playing in the final. Excuse me, in the third game on Saturday, awaiting uh, the team that comes out of the losers bracket. The uh, loser of the Alabama-Texas A&M game will take on Florida in the first game tomorrow. So the teams playing tomorrow morning and the first two games in the SEC tournament, the winner there is going to turn around and play the, the unbeaten teams that come out from the evening session today. So, uh, so yeah, it's a big ball game. Now, they don't get the advantage that they used to be because of the rain. They don't get that day off. Um, and they also, I mean, it's, it's the, again, the thing that seems odd when you're going along, it's double elimination, you're unbeaten. But tomorrow afternoon, if you lose, you're done. 
in that fin- in the final two games, regardless of whether you came from the loser's bracket with one loss or you're unbeaten, if you win that game, you're in the championship game on Sunday. But a point you've made is that for – I mean, and, and, that's, and that's important in, in deciding who ultimately wins the tournament. Right. But for Alabama and Kentucky oh, – I think, I think anybody who gets there is in. Right. Of, of the teams that are still alive you know, yes. in, in this tournament – uh, yeah, it does seem like Alabama and Kentucky are, are the you know were, were the two teams entering Hoover with work to do. They've done enough, and nobody nobody in the SEC is at least we think nobody in the SEC has played their way out. No, of, I don't of think the tournament so. out with, of the with, tournament with no. what they did uh, in, in, in Hoover this weekend. No, so uh, so yes, what and did, the and the regionals will be announced on Monday. We sort at of 11 glo- o'clock. we glossed over it a little bit. What did you think of Baseball America projecting Auburn as a regional host, and what do you think of Georgia? Oh, no, no, I, I think I think that makes sense. I mean. I see their RPI is 13. He's got him at 11 or so. Uh, I think most people had him somewhere around 12 uh, after the uh, last loss to Kentucky. So that would make sense because Auburn's strength of schedule is among the best in the league. And if if Auburn were to if Auburn were to host a regional, if Auburn were to, uh, to chosen, I think then a really interesting question becomes. Who is the two seed sent to play Auburn? Did Not, he have? Did he have Florida State? He had Florida. He had no. He had Florida. Well? He had Florida State in. Um, you a, know, a, you know they'll send if Florida State's not hosting. It wasn't that? Then you, if Auburn, if 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 one of Auburn and Florida State is hosting and the other one's not, they're going to either be in Tallahassee or Auburn. I, yeah, I, I think both of them. That's just, that's just the way the committee always does it. So the uh, this is Teddy Cahill from Baseball America who did this projection earlier today. He's got Florida State as the two seed in the regional being held in. I just saw it. Where was where where'd Florida State go? Miami. No, he's got Florida in Miami. Oh, okay. He's got Florida State in. It's the one school I can't find. It's not. It's not Auburn. It's. He's got him as the three seed in Fort Worth. He's got TCU. Oh. TCU is hosting. Oh, I bet. I, I I would think it's much more likely there in Auburn than he's, in Fort Worth. He's got TCU hosting. He's got Dallas Baptist, who we talked about earlier. Right. They're, they're in the top ten in RPI nationally. That's DBU, the uh, the team that was, I think they were like ninth or tenth in college baseball RPI the last time we checked. And then they have Florida State as the three seed in, uh, in the – do you have – They're the now 11. Dallas Baptist has dropped to 11 in the in the where's, latest uh, rankings, where's Georgia Southern in that RPI ranking? Uh, Georgia Southern has dropped to twelve. Okay, well that's who uh, Teddy Cahill has as the two seed in Auburn. He's got Georgia yeah, Southern. Yeah, because RPI wise, Georgia Southern is one spot ahead of Auburn. Right, in he's, Division One baseball. That's RPI. a that is a thirty nine and seventeen team in the Sun Belt Conference, twenty three and seven in conference play. They beat Troy earlier this. Actually, they played Tennessee. In a in a series uh, to begin the year, and they mm-hmm. uh, they beat Troy uh, in a in a game earlier this season by a final score of Bill. You ready for this one? Twenty four to one was the final wow. score of the uh, Georgia Southern uh, Troy game uh, earlier wow. uh, er, earlier this. Uh, it was actually earlier this month, and I believe they're still in the uh, that that tournament's going on at Riverwalk. Uh, the uh, Sun Belt are they're, they're playing their their college baseball tournament in Montgomery at the uh, at Red Riverwalk Stadium. Cool place for a college baseball tournament, right, Bill? Oh yeah, R- cool R- place for for any opportunity to uh, to play baseball. I mean, state baseball, high school championships have been played over there. Uh, you know, of course, we've seen college games played there, and and the biscuits there. I mean, it's uh, it's a really really nice facility. Yeah, I believe the uh, Sun Belt. Uh, I believe the Sun Belt tournament is slated to be held there for the uh, for the next few years. And don't look now, by the way, but those same Troy Trojans mounting a little bit of a run 
in the uh, in the Sun Belt tournament to maybe sneak into the NCAA tournament as well. That would be one of those bid thieves because there are some Sun right. Belt there are some Sun Belt tournament there are some Sun Belt teams that are in no matter what, including Georgia Southern. Like they're they're going to make it no matter what happens in this conference tournament. If a team like Troy were to win the Sun Belt tournament, that takes a bid from one of those at larges we oh, were yes. just talking about. That's mm-hmm. the same as the NCAA tournament. So that's something to watch for, maybe especially for Alabama and Kentucky if they're on the bubble. Uh, you know, yeah, the, that's the, why it's to their advantage to win as many as they can, and they need to be rooting for the one seeds in these right. uh, in, 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 in these the, re- in, in, in the one bid leagues. Yeah, to keep uh, you know to, to normal one bid to leagues. take care of business, and that includes Georgia Southern still alive uh, as the uh, you know as as the Sun Belt favorite, uh, but the Troy Trojans are uh, are making a push, and I believe that's the uh, that's tomorrow's matchup at Riverwalk Stadium, Troy and Georgia Southern in the semifinals of the Sunbelt Conference Tournament. 334-321-1390, that's the Kia of Auburn hotline. Let's get let's get to the phone, and Floyd is up first. Hey, Floyd. Hey, how you doing? Pretty good. Floyd, great to hear from you. Uh, as always, good to be heard from. It means I'm still breathing, I guess. Uh, I was looking at, at, uh, at, at the RPI and, and what y'all are talking about with this and and uh it's sort of a, a weird anomaly that if Kentucky were to win tomorrow that would be sufficient no matter what happened in the next game to put them in the top 50 RPI oh yes 52 oh yeah right now and that would have a major cascade effect on the on the SEC, because that would give all the SEC teams that played Kentucky and all the SEC teams that played against a team that played against Kentucky, basically a boost in, in their RPI, because all of those games against Kentucky become uh, quadrant one games. So Auburn, games. Auburn suddenly picks up four more quadrant one games, and we're already at number twelve on strength of schedule. That that bumps way up there when you got four more quadrant one games. And on top of it, it it improves our record against quadrant two teams because now instead of having five quadrant two losses, we only have two quadrant two losses. The, the losses to Kentucky don't look as bad right. as Kentucky jumps into the top 50 and those become quad one losses. No, that's a great point, well, Floyd. It's, in the RPI formula, it cascades because they, they, they do multiple iterations of that, which means that, that that's going to help everybody across the board. And that could... By it, it, with, with just Kentucky winning that game today, it increased our RPI from from number twelve to number eleven. Right and, now, the thing the thing to remember were, though is they're not going to go strictly on RPI because no, if that were the case, no. Vandy would be uh, one of the top national seeds. Yeah, yeah, you're right, and uh, and. Vandy has, uh, while they have a uh, a very good out of conference record in the preseason, they have stumbled in the SEC. Mm-hmm. No, great. That's a great point, Floyd. Yeah, I mean, it is absolutely, and it, and it's it, it'll be interesting to watch if Kentucky can get it done and jump into the top fifty, like you said, the cascade. Well, I mean, they will if, on... if they win because they right. play the wor- I mean, they play the loser of Tennessee LSU, so that is going to be. You know, a, a very highly ranked team. The if funny they can thing beat them. about it is, it, it, 
If they play LSU, they need to win. If they play Tennessee, that might be enough to strengthen their schedule yeah, enough true. to move them, regardless of the outcome, into the top 50. <laughs> Yeah, that, no, that's that's remarkable. You're right. I mean, Tennessee's Tennessee's that much of a, a powerhouse in the algorithm that that if uh, you know, and on the field, and on the field, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's right. not just it's not just uh, yeah, it's not just the formulas that say Tennessee is good. It's also the uh, the conventional uh, scoring methods uh, that would tell you uh, Kentucky is is yeah, quite possibly. Uh, and you know what? So, something uh, we we should also mention. Some folks have Ole Miss on the bubble, which would be another team to watch for. That uh, they are one of uh, ESPN's last four teams. In the draw right now. They could be a team that drops off because there's nothing they can do about it. We're talking a lot about Alabama and Kentucky. I would also say Ole Miss is on the bubble and and should be leery of uh, you've got teams making a push from smaller conferences to steal bids, and a team like Kentucky, if they keep winning, uh, could move in and uh, and, and take a spot from somebody else. Did Ole Miss play Kentucky this year? I don't recall. Uh, I don't think they did. Uh, I can can look it up. But, yeah, Ole Miss is – Old Miss is sitting there hanging around at uh, you know around number forty in the RPI. If they did, they could be another one that could improve by uh, right by Kentucky keeping winning. But if not, even if they didn't, if Kentucky keeps winning because of the cascade effect, it's going to improve everybody's strength of schedule in the SEC. It could it could improve folks' strength of schedule, but Kentucky, they did play Kentucky and they beat them two out of three. Okay, so that's good news for Ole Miss. It, you know their, their numbers yeah, can take that, a bump. That would be very good news for them because mm-hmm. if Kentucky were to to wind up being a a quadrant one win uh, a series win for them, that would look very yep. good on their sure resume. Would. Oh, good talk to you guys. Absolutely, good great, stuff, Floyd. Great stuff. Now, I mean, and and, uh, and they were Ole no, Miss. He's he is yeah. He he's a great numbers guy. Ole Miss was one and done in the SEC tournament. They played Vanderbilt. Yeah, in the, in the that's first what game. I mean. They, there's nothing else they can do about it. Yeah, Vandy beat him three to one. And and Ole Miss, you know, now if if they were to make it or miss the tournament, you you wonder how big was the sweep of LSU uh, in the the second to last series of the season for Ole Miss because maybe maybe those wins are are going to be you know the difference between. Uh, the difference between making it and not making it. Uh, that, that's true. I mean, there's so many different things that can be factors uh, as, as we head into Monday. We were talking about that with Sonny DeShera back, uh, back when, uh, you know, d- earlier in conference play. Uh, he, was, uh, he was on a Samford team uh, that was uh, on the bubble and left out of the NCAA tournament, I believe, last year. Uh, they were uh, they were in the discussion in the conversation, but ultimately didn't uh, didn't get to go. It was either last year or earlier in his in his college baseball career where they were on the bubble and and ultimately edged out of the NCAA tournament. And you know the lesson he took away is it can come down to what happened in one or two games, and and that's something to remember all season long is that uh, the, these games you know it's it's a long season and it's hard to say this game matters way more than all the other ones or that one does. But at the end of the season. Winning or losing one or two games could be the difference between being one of the one of the sixty four teams in the draw, or one of the teams watching it on on TV. No question about it. We need to get to our first break here of hour number two. Love for you to join in again. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety is the Kia of Auburn hotline, uh, and we'll get to the we'll get to our first break. Stick with us here on the Friday Drive. Most creatures blend in with them. Auburn, Georgia Southern, Georgia Tech, and Belmont as the four okay. teams in Auburn's regional. Looking at some of the other uh, two seeds uh, around the uh, around the country that that could be. Uh, let's see here. Wake Forest is a two seed in Tennessee's regional. Uh, Wofford is a two seed in Virginia Tech's regional. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got. Uh, 
uh, let's see here. Probably some SEC schools. Coastal Carolina is going to make the field. So, I mean, that's not – I mean, there, there are going to be a lot of teams between now and Coastal Carolina, but they're, you know, it's, it's in the southeast. Like you said, Florida State as a uh, as a three seed in the Fort Worth Regional, uh, something to watch for. Maybe Florida State is in that. A couple teams from North Carolina. you got North Carolina, North Carolina State, uh, both uh, around the, uh, you know, pr- projected to make it. Louisiana Tech is, uh, is, is projected uh, to make the NCAA tournament. So there, and another one, I would say uh, Southern Miss is expected to be a regional host. Right, the Southern, Miss, Southern Miss is really good. Southern Miss is expected to be a regional host. If not, um, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see an SEC team in their Southern region. Miss is the seven, has the seventh highest RPI in the nation right now. They're number seven in RPI. So they had better be hosting a regional. How about this? If Southern Miss hosting They're 42 and 14. If Southern Miss is hosting a regional, I think that seems like a natural landing spot for Ole Miss. Oh yes. Or Oh yes. Or the Alabama Crimson Tide if Ole Miss were not were to uh, were to get left out. I think mm-hmm. Hattiesburg would be a landing spot for uh, for for Alabama potentially in this tournament. Yeah, so uh, keep an eye on those, but yes, it, you, you can count that the SEC is going to be very well represented. Uh, we're, we're moments away from the start of the third SEC game, uh, third game of the day in the SEC tournament between Alabama and Texas A&M. This is the start of the winner's bracket. So uh, the losers here will uh, still be alive and would play in the early games tomorrow. Early today, Florida eliminated Arkansas 7-5, to and Kentucky eliminated Vanderbilt 10 to 2. So Florida will play in the opening game tomorrow morning against the loser of this next game between Texas A&M and Alabama. Kentucky is playing the second game tomorrow and they will play the loser of Tennessee and LSU. And then then you'll have those winners take on the winners from the two games tonight to determine your SEC the matchup for the SEC title on Sunday. Um, 334-321-1390. We'd love your thoughts on anything going on in the world of sports. It does seem, you know, it's funny. The first couple of days of the SEC tournament, a lot of rain, not a lot of bombs. Man, the ball has been flying out of the ballpark. There have been home runs all over the place at the SEC tournament um, since since the rain started slacking, you think up. The, the the damp conditions, man? Maybe I don't know, weighing the ball down somewhat. And now you've got a. I an, don't know, but I mean, have you seen? I mean, there have been some monster shots hit here in the last uh, in, in the last day, day and a half. Well, it is warming up a little bit there yeah. in Birmingham, and maybe that's uh, you know contributing to the uh, yeah contributing to the ball flying off the bat. You've also seen some pretty uh, hot teams swinging the bat, you right? Tex- Texas A and M has been able to do that. In a couple of games this year, and they, they, what, they've been hot lately. Was, Tennessee's what, been hot all year, and and Tony Vitello stays hot. Did did you by chance see him? I did not see what oh. Tony Vitello did this uh, time. They're they're up. I I think it was ten nothing, and Vandy homered, and Tony Vitello was was livid. He was absolutely livid. Well, you you wanted to end the game. You wanted to play a. He no, he was well. Maybe maybe that was. Maybe what he wanted to run rule him and maybe so he, wanted to run rule and and, the, and they and they scored, <laughs> but he was not happy. At uh, who? At the Vanderbilt player? Oh uh, yeah, for hitting the home oh, run. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, how dare you? That's right. That's sort of the, that's sort of the attitude that uh, that that Tennessee and their coach have. All right, we'll get into the final half hour. You know we can did get he, like, back. Did he celebrate his home uh, run like a goof? 
because that because I, I can see how that would upset I, a coach. Maybe. I, don't, he, I, don't, he, I don't think so. Not like Tennessee <laughs> celebrates. I mean, if it's if it's a home run to make it a ten one game, right? Uh, like maybe yeah. you don't puff your chest out. But no, that that sounds that sounds like lunacy, Bill. All right, stick with us. A couple of more segments to go here on the Friday Drive. Or email the drive at espnau.com. Welcome back in. Final 25 minutes of the Friday Drive. Bill and Dan with you for uh, uh, about 25 or so more minutes. Uh, still plenty of time for you to join in if you'd like. 334-321-1390. Uh, something we were talking about at the end of hour number one. A uh, story by Brian Matthews who usually is with us on Monday, was, um, was at a press conference on Monday, was going to be with us today, but uh, because of weather delays, you know, weather delays happened not just to the SEC tournament, but graduation was going to be over at Duck Sanford Stadium last night for Auburn High, and it is now going on this evening. And uh, so his, his youngest graduating, so unable to be with us today, um, but Brian had a story up that he had mentioned a couple of days ago that he was going to, uh, going to post him. And that was about reporting to camp for Auburn's remaining signees who haven't, uh, been in school and weren't in school in the spring. We mentioned Amari Austin, the running back, two guys that are going to be watched very closely are receivers, Camden Brown and Amari Kelly, uh, the, those are actually, I mean, Amari Kelly has got decent size. Camden Brown is a big receiver. I mean, he's going to give Auburn a 6'3", around 200-pounder, uh, and he has an opportunity. I think both of them do, but, I mean, I think Camden Brown is the guy that, that people are really excited about getting on campus and, and hopefully acclimating quickly. You think both of those players are guys that could have a shot at sort of a breakout fall camp where at the end of, you know, it's like they could, they could both be players where, especially with wide receiver being as open as it is at the moment, you know, maybe, maybe they're in line for playing time sooner than folks expect and maybe more playing time than folks expect immediately, depending on how the summer goes for either of them. And I, and I would lump Jay Farron. With, well, with I'll tell you who else, who else you'll lump in because also reporting are the, are, are the transfers, and Daz Worsham will be on campus on Sunday as well. And so Daz, Daz Worsham also, also uh, uh, joins the mix of you have sort of the, the receivers that were – I mean, how, how many receivers were on the team last year that, have, that, are, that are returning? Remember we had, I think, uh, d- depending on whether Landon King counted as a receiver or not – there were only five or six receivers on scholarship this spring. So if you're calling Landon King at tight end, it's five, right? right? And so you've got four now scholarship receivers that weren't on last year's team in Daz Worsham and three incoming true freshmen, right? Well, two that weren't here. Jay Fair, remember, was here. But but just in the spring, not on, not on last, not on last oh, year's yeah, team. Oh, yeah, 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 that's, that's so, right. Yeah, well, he was at least here in the spring. I was counting him among the number – this spring, I was oh, so, counting Jay. So you could have four, four players, four receivers who were on last year's team, and four, four receivers, four new ones that weren't. Right, and it's sort of—I mean, a little bit, little factionalism there between the uh, between uh-huh. the two, the new guys and the uh, and, and, the I, and don't and, be surprised that there end up being more newcomers than returnees because uh, Auburn would like to add at least one, maybe two more receivers. And of and of the eight, I mean, it's it's pretty wide open, you know, as far as who's in line for. I mean. Shedrick Jackson and uh, maybe it's and, not maybe 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 it was five without Jay Fair because that doesn't sound right. Well, Shedrick uh, Var, you got Chick, 
You got uh, you got uh, uh, Zavian Capers and got, J.J. Evans. You got Zave and you got uh, Evans, who I keep forgetting about, but J.J. Evans is... Uh, Malcolm Johnson. And Malcolm Johnson, so six. So you have yeah. six, six returners and then four players that could potentially be new additions. So with Daz Worsham could give you, gives you a wide receiver's room with 10 scholarship players with the, uh, with the three freshmen. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you add an 11th. Um, maybe, uh, something we were discussing earlier, maybe there's a, a player on the team who's... Uh, you know, near near the yeah, bottom. Yeah, it's interesting. You you sort of brought that up during break when, because we were talking about running back when we were mentioning Damari Alston, and yeah, it's very unlikely that you can use five running backs. It's not unlikely that you 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 better have more than five receivers. So, might there be a possibility of somebody like a? I mean, you mentioned it during the break. Um, the possibility of perhaps looking at Jordan Ingram or somebody like that at, at receiver. Yeah, I just wondered if you know if you if had he's not in the top three or four running backs. Yeah, I mean if you if you have a a player who's not in the running back rotation that you think could help you at a different position, you know why not kick the tires on something like that? Jordan sure. Ingram, Jordan Ingram to me is somebody who you he's know, got an, decent size. He's an impressive athlete who you know may, maybe doesn't have a clear pla- a clear path to playing time as a running back, but that doesn't mean, you know, he couldn't be a contributor. And yeah, just, just tossed out there. Although if you got 10 scholarship receivers and maybe an 11th coming in, you'd run run the risk of someone being lost in the shuffle, you know, moving to, uh, uh, to, to that position too. But no, Jordan Ingram, somebody to, uh, to watch for, even if, uh, uh, yeah, it does, it does seem like there's going to be, uh, uh, you know, there's going to be a pretty, pretty hotly contested battle to get on the field among the running backs. So that would be all of your offensive players that are being added Without any more transfers, um, uh, those guys will be on campus Sunday. So Austin, Camden Brown, Amari Kelly, Daz Worsham added to the uh, to the offensive players that are already here on campus. Jay Fair and Micah Riley Ducker were the uh, were, were the two right. sort of scholarship or uh, yeah, two scholarship true freshman skill position players, pass catchers uh, that yeah, went that to, Auburn had. went through spring practice, mm-hmm. but still could be you know very very much in the mix. Uh, with with these new players for uh, for playing time this fall, three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Back to the Kia of Auburn hotline, and Tommy is up next. Hey Tommy, how you doing, Tommy? Great. Good afternoon, y'all. The uh, SEC meetings are next week in Destin. Well, actually, you, yeah the the spring uh, the, the spring meetings. Yes. Who attends that? I know the head, head football coach and the ads are there. Who else attends that? That's pretty much it. And what are they doing those meetings? Does that set any they, well, uh, rules or policies. Uh, what's the it, purpose of the meeting? It can. I mean, it's just sort of an annual, uh, sort of state of the conference type thing with the commissioner and the coaches. Uh, they they go over any potential rule changes or things they want to do. They also announce the official dispersal of the of of, of the money every year. You know, so they'll the fifty whatever million that each school is going to get uh, will be their ads. Um, we'll we'll be there. So it'll be coaches and ads that'll be down there. Um, I, I would expect there will, with with all the talk that there's been about the possibility of an SEC only playoff, which I still think is just smoke. It's just a it, it's put out there to try to get reaction. We're going to hear some statements about the college football playoff. Um, we're probably going to get. Um, uh, so the the framework for what the scheduling is going to be in uh, in in SEC football once the Texas and Oklahoma join. Okay, thanks. Um, switching to baseball, Sonny Deshera is he a senior? Are we yes. expect him to come back, or will he be? So he'll be. He won't be back next year. 
Uh, no, I, Sonny might have a might have another year, but I but I I don't I, you know I don't think he was planning on playing anymore. He's had a had a great year. Going to be tough to top this year. I know uh, it's been a little bit of a struggle down the stretch, but still three seventy five with eighteen homers. Uh, it's 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 very difficult to top that kind of year in the SEC. Yeah. Go make some money. Absolutely. What about Gonzalez? No, he's just Joseph, just a sophomore. Okay, so, so he definitely will be back. Okay, thank you. Have a good weekend. Sure, Tommy. Thanks for the call. Yeah, Auburn's got some uh, nice pieces coming back. They will they will lose some uh, uh, some outstanding players, but you know it doesn't appear to be as uh, big a replacement job as it did last year. Auburn lost a lot of pieces off last year's team. That's one of the reasons they were picked uh, at or near the bottom of the SEC West. Sonny is class of, uh, was class of 18. Is that, is that right? And then, and then spent a year, uh, maybe redshirted his first year and then, uh, or no, no, he, he was class of 18. That would mean 2019 was his first year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is his fourth year. He could, that's what I was saying. Yeah. He could have another year, but I just, uh, I, I'd be very surprised. Right. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's something that, um, you know, I think we, uh, We'll probably ask him about that after the season, you know, and if, if he, but, but he also, you know, will, will, uh, uh, he, he's under no uh, timetable to tell us about that sort of thing. He sort of decided on his own. Uh, hey, uh, last two guys we've asked have decided to come that's back. That's true. You know, and I, I, <laughs> I don't want to speak for Butch Thompson. I imagine the door would be open oh, you for think? another year of Sonny DeShera if the co-SEC player of the year wanted to return Wide for open. another season uh, at, at first base for the Tigers. Yes. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety, and again uh, Monday eleven o'clock. We'll find out, you know, whether Auburn is hosting or uh, or on the road in a regional. Getting back to that list of uh, of incoming football players, is there anybody that, that really piques your interest? To somebody who could, uh, uh, you know, who, who could uh, have 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 an, an opportunity or an outsized opportunity to uh, uh, to, to get into the mix in twenty twenty two? Well, I mentioned those are the offensive guys, right? All right, the defensive players uh, that'll be that'll be coming in. Um, are a defensive lineman and each sledge, and then Memphis transfer Morris Joseph, who I think, yes, Morris Joseph is a guy that I expect to be in the playing rotation. It'll be interesting to see, you know, what the plan from Jimmy Brumbaugh is. Is Jimmy Brumbaugh going to be more on the, uh, along the Rodney Garner philosophy of play as many defensive linemen as you can? Um, because last year Auburn did not. Um, so, and, and, you know, you usually say with true freshmen, it's going to take time at the line of scrimmage, uh, to get in. I mean, yeah, but I mean, Rodney, Rodney and Auburn had that reputation of playing, getting playing time for youngsters and, and by the end of the year playing a more Nick Eason was more, and maybe that's because of his NFL background, primarily NFL background, um, he he didn't play the youngsters as much. Remember that was sort of a surprise that we didn't see some of the highly touted young guys and, more or at all last and, year. And EJ Sledge, a big impressive dude who who you know may, maybe maybe it's going to take a year for for him to break through on the defensive line because there's a lot of other players there. But at the same time, um, you know you you usually think it's going to take some uh, some seasoning. But he's coming in at Auburn, you know six six four two. To three three ten right right yeah, there. I he's, think he's definitely three bills. I think three yeah six six four three zero five. I think is what Auburn's listing him at, and I, I wonder if maybe it could be even heavier than that come uh, come the start of the season. Yeah, and then uh, the the only linebacker coming in, 
Uh, scholarship. Now there, there's some there's some invited walk-ons coming in as well, and I, I don't have that list. But the only linebacker coming in will be Robert Woodyard, who is a big linebacker, um, and and I would think he will he will get uh, some playing time at least on special teams early as Auburn uh, tries to build even more depth at linebacker. Um, yeah, I, I think you will see. Craig, obviously, I, I think Craig McDonald. Craig McDonald's, I think, got a chance to start. The Iowa State transfer, I think he has a chance of getting a lot of playing time. And I think you will see Austin Osbury. I'd be very surprised if you don't see Austin Osbury um, figuring into some playing time. Initially, probably special teams. The, the way, uh, the way we, we talked about with Justin Ferguson last week, um, you know, for, for a long time, you thought of two starting, two starting safeties, two starting corners, and now there's, you know, there's usually five defensive backs on the field, if not more. I would say that your starters at defensive back now are three safeties and three corners, one of whom is primarily a nickel. Yeah. And, like, th- those are your, you know, almost your minimum starting lineup would be six contributors, three of them at safety, three of them at corner, and if you can – uh, if you can, you, you probably better have more than that that you count on, right? But I, but I'd say at, at at minimum, if you want to call who who you'd call your starters would be maybe that six. And yes, I do think Craig McDonald slots in as maybe one of Auburn's three. Mm-hmm. Well, let's 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 play that out at safety. Let's say Zion Puckett, Donovan, Donovan Kaufman, Donovan and, Kaufman Craig and, McDonald. and Craig McDonald. You've got Caleb Wooden who could right, maybe but he's a true freshman. You've got Marquise Gilbert. The, uh, right. the the junior college player who'd maybe mm-hmm. be in that mix too. If you want to call Kaufman one of your three nickels, one, one, yeah, one of your th- one, one of your nickels, may, maybe Marquis Gilbert. That's what he, that's what we saw him at this spring. Probably yes. he was nickel. So maybe it's maybe it's Gilbert Puckett and McDonald right. getting most of the safety snaps, and Donovan Kaufman's going to spend a lot of time at nickel with DJ James with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, may, maybe maybe there's a uh, you know maybe that's where maybe that's JD where, Rim maybe that's where JD Rim uh, slots in, and then at the outside corners, Jalen Simpson and Nehemiah Pritchett. Right. I mean, that's, that's, but that's not where, bad. No, and, and Craig McDonald. I think a lot of teams would love to have that that kind of talent and depth. Craig Craig McDonald, you know, slots, but but there's a spot for Craig McDonald. Yes, there in that is. Mix. There was and, a need there, and yeah, and with the with the absence of Smoke Monday, I mean, some of that can be absorbed internally, but some of that you you know Auburn would love to have an outside player with some experience uh, uh, provide that, and it does seem like they went and found one in, in Craig McDonald. Back to the Kia of Auburn hotline, and Bill is up next. Hey, Bill. Hey, guys. Uh, I actually answered my question before, kind of before I got it out, but I was wondering if uh, Rodney Garner was going to – I mean, Rodney, not, but uh, Jimmy Brombaugh was going to rotate uh, a lot of defensive linemen like, like Garner used to do. I think – I thought it hurt us last year – keeping just uh, a select few people on the field. But that's, I was wondering what you, your thoughts were on that. Well, I mean, we asked him. We, we did get a chance to speak with the assistant coach, and he talked about uh, he would optimally mm-hmm. like to have eight guys that he that he could play up there. So I think he would like to. I guess it all depends on do they show him enough to put them out there. I don't remember Nick Eason really talking about playing that many players. I wonder how much of the use of the defensive lineman last year was a choice by Nick Eason because he likes leaning on his starters and not rotating as much and how much of it was, you know, that was the decision they came to because they thought th- those those were the best oh, the players. Guys were the and, best ones. And and, and, sure. and the guys and the guys who been. weren't weren't contributing weren't as ready. I you know, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if there's a big change yeah. in how the D linemen are used this year well, with, I mean, with, you know, with Jimmy Brumbaugh as the coach instead of Nick right. Eason. The, the defensive linemen 
that I thought was going to really contribute last year that hurt his knee and sat out last year. I think he's been moved to oh, offensive Yes, tackle. Jeremiah Wright. He's now back on the is offensive now, line. Is, is he, can we afford for him to be uh, running a second string and never playing all that much? I mean, yeah, I think they uh, feel like that that he his potential offensively is next level. He could start. He could start a tackle they, someday. They, they feel like that uh, if he's not a starter this year because he's still learning offense, they feel he is an NFL offensive lineman. He was recruited as offensive lineman, wasn't he? Well, yeah, he was a guy that primarily played defense in high school, but was recruited to be an offensive lineman. They just had need and really liked what they saw when they moved him over to defense because of the experience and depth that they had on the O-line. I, I think he's where he's going to stay on the offensive side of the ball. Okay, because I know next year looks kind of thin on the offensive line unless we, unless we pick up a few people, which we, we hopefully we will. Yeah, absolutely. But I always thought, thought he was going to develop into a really good player. Uh, they do, too. They really do. All right, guys, I enjoyed it. Uh, uh, War Eagle. Appreciate the call. Yeah, have a, have a great Appreciate weekend, call, Bill. Bill. Nice hearing from you. Good stuff. We need to get to our final break of the afternoon. Stick with us as we wind it down here on the Friday Drive. Summer has 